This is Invisible Warrior Radio, and I'm your host, Adrian Clements, Invisible Illness Advocate and Empowerment Coach with Invisible-Warrior.com. On this show, it's my mission to provide you with simple strategies to navigate the various mental, emotional, relational, and existential challenges of living a life with chronic and invisible illness. Filled with practical psychology, empowering expert interviews, and personal insights and observations from my own journey as an invisible warrior, each week we will explore a new tool for navigating this often confusing adventure of illness with more resilience, ease, and self-love. So let's go ahead and get started with today's episode. Howdy, warriors, and welcome to the second episode of Invisible Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Adrian Clements, and thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. The feedback I've been getting about the show has been amazing and incredibly positive, and I am now more motivated than ever to make this a valuable and useful resource for you on your journey to create a life you love in spite of illness. So thank you again for tuning in and being here. And if you want to make sure you never miss an episode, make sure to sign up on my website, invisible-warrior.com, and you will get each episode sent directly to your inbox each week. So let's go ahead and dive on into today's subject. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing the number one nemesis against feeling good when you have a chronic illness. You know what I'm talking about stress. Yep, as you well know, stress can really exacerbate chronic illness symptoms and can be the catalyst for sending us into a flare from hell. But the thing is, life doesn't stop because you're sick, right? Challenges in our personal and our professional lives are going to keep happening. And as invisible warriors, we have to be more prepared for that than people who don't have a chronic illness. For I firmly believe that we are not defined by what happens to us in life, but we can be defined by how we respond to what happens to us. And the great thing about that is, is we can choose to change how we respond to the past, to the present, to the future at any moment. We are not doomed to a certain future because we had a certain past. Change is always possible. So today, what I want to do is share with you guys an empowering tool you can use to cope with stress when it happens. So hopefully what you can do is reduce the impact that the stress is having on your body and then also on your spirit. Now, we can't always change the stressors in our life because life happens. And on top of all the stressors in our personal and our professional lives, from managing relationships to figuring out our career path, there is this whole other layer of stress that we are dealing with with managing illness. From medical bills to symptom management to having to cancel plans with friends again for the umpteenth time to advocating for ourselves in the healthcare system, there is a lot of stress to say the very least. And stress is the number one trigger of anxiety. And the most important thing I want you to understand about anxiety is this. Anxiety is a physiological response to a situation much more than it is an emotion. 
So let me say that again. Anxiety is a physiological response to a situation much more than it is an emotion. So in order to relieve anxiety, we have to soothe our bodies. And our ability to self-soothe really has a lot to do with our primary relationship. Yep, as a lot of things in psychology, it all goes back to mom, right? (laughs) And let me explain a little bit about why that is. It has to do with what's called the autonomic nervous system. So when a baby's born, they only have one half of their autonomic nervous system functioning, which is the part called the sympathetic nervous system. And this is what triggers the fight, flight, freeze response we've all experienced and that we talked a bit about in the last episode. You can think of this part of the nervous system like the gas that makes a car go. It really revs you up. It gets you into action mode. Now, if the sympathetic nervous system is the gas, then the other half of the nervous system, called the parasympathetic nervous system, is the brakes. It's what slows us down. However, we are not born with this system fully functioning yet. We have to learn and develop this system, and the way we do that is from bonding and attachment with our primary caregiver, and for most of us, that is our mother. Now, I want you to think about this. When a baby cries, because let's give an example of a stressor. They hear a big, scary noise. What does their mother do? Picks them up, right? And when they pick them up, where do they tend to put them? Usually right on their chest. And we do this very instinctively, but there's a lot of science behind why we're doing this. What happens is the babies, when they're laying on their mother's chest, they actually co-use their mother's parasympathetic nervous system to calm their bodies down. And that's, we've all seen it, right? A mother picks up their crying baby, puts it on the chest. A couple minutes later, baby is calm and settled. Now, if a baby is unable to create what we call an attachment theory, which is in a very big area of research right now in psychology, um, if the baby's unable to create what we call a secure attachment to their mother or primary caregiver, and this means that when they're crying, they're confident they're going to be soothed and cared for. That's what a secure attachment is. If they don't have this, they're going to have a much harder time self-soothing. And research has shown that this insecure attachment that's formed in the first few months of life can actually follow us throughout our lifetime and can have a huge influence on how we respond to stress and on how we connect with others, especially when it comes to romantic partnerships. Now, if you're sitting there and saying to yourself, "Uh uh-oh, I think I might have a form of insecure attachment. What can I do? Not to fear. You can absolutely change your attachment style and get to a more secure, attached place. It does not have to just be from your relationship with your mother or your primary caregiver. And one way that you can do this is to work with a counselor, a therapist, or a coach who can act as a surrogate for this primary relationship and where you will have a safe space to really practice repairing that nervous system. And remember, repair is always possible. 
rupture is going to happen in our lives, in our relationship with ourself, in our relationship with others. And the key to creating real change there is being willing to step into repair, but that takes action, okay? And action takes courage. Now, Getting back to the nervous system, understanding the role that the nervous system plays in stress is incredibly important for understanding how to self-soothe when stress and anxiety start to go through the roof. And for many chronic conditions, our nervous system is on constant overdrive, even if we have a secure attachment base with our primary caregivers. And that's because... Many times, our symptoms are just wreaking havoc on our bodies and our nervous system is just trying to respond. So how can we take this concept from attachment theory and apply it to our everyday life with chronic illness? Well, for one thing, we can start to look for the clues that we are getting stressed. We need to become aware of our own unique clues that stress is getting the better of us. Examples of this include things like fidgeting, having stomach pain, having shortened rapid breathing, um, rapid speech, tension in our neck, in our body, closing off. Everybody's stress response is different. And we can bring awareness to what is going on, all of these stress symptoms, by labeling them. Simply saying to ourselves, either out loud or in our own heads, Oh my goodness, my stomach is totally in knots right now. It's definitely telling me I'm experiencing anxiety. The second thing we can do is we can mother ourselves. Even if you don't have a secure attachment relationship with your primary caregiver, that doesn't mean that you can't experience mothering in your life. You can play that role for yourself and bring yourself so much healing. And one way that we can mother ourselves is by simply placing both of our hands on our chest near our heart. And as you place your hands over your heart, simply breathe in deeply through your nose and out through your mouth. You can also breathe in back and forth through your nose. That's kind of the more yogic way of doing the breath. But breathing out through our mouth and giving a big sigh is actually incredibly important for the parasympathetic nervous system when we're in high stress mode. Because what a sigh does is it actually is a cue to our parasympathetic nervous system to kick on and to go into relaxation mode. So let's try this idea for a minute here in an experiential exercise. I want you to think about something that has been stressing you out lately doesn't have to be a big, huge stressor at all. It can be just a small or medium-sized stressor. Now, I want you to focus on that stress and the details of what has been going on. Really let those feelings of the stress rise throughout your body. Notice where the tension is showing up. These are your stress clues. So are you feeling it in your stomach? Is it in your shoulders? Is it in your neck? Notice where it's showing up. Being aware of these is key to stopping stress before it snowballs. Because once you can identify the clue, you can start enacting a self-care practice to help calm your nervous system down. 
So now that you're thinking about all the details of what's been going on and what's been stressing you out, I want you to rate where you feel your anxiety is at on a scale from 1 to 10. One being that you're feeling no stress at all, not a problem, chilling on the beach with a pina colada, and 10 being like you're about to pull all of your own hair out and go bald. Okay? Got it. So now I want you to place your hands on your heart and I want you to close your eyes and take some deep breaths in your nose and slowly out your mouth. Make sure you're breathing through your stomach so you should be feeling your stomach rise and fall. You don't want your shoulders rising and falling. You want your stomach rising and falling. Now focus on your breathing and simply allow your thoughts to pass by. Just because thoughts are going through your mind doesn't mean you have to pay attention to them. There's no rule that you have to pay attention to your thoughts. Simply let them drift on. Stress is going to want you to give attention to these thoughts. But remember, you have the power here. You have the control to focus your attention where you want to. Now, I want you to allow yourself to let out a big sigh. The big, ah. And really allow that parasympathetic parasympathetic nervous system to kick on. Allow yourself to do this for a few minutes, breathing deeply in and out as you hold your hands on your heart. And when you're ready, slowly bring yourself back to the present and open your eyes. Now that we've gone through that little exercise, that little practice Where would you say your anxiety level is at on a scale from 1 to 10 now? It's probably a little bit lower. And if it's not lower yet or not lower by that much, it may mean that you need to practice the exercise for a little bit longer. And that's okay. We all respond to anxiety differently and we just did it for a very short amount of time here. So this is one easy thing that you can do in the moment when stress and anxiety become overwhelming. You can mother yourself and really allow your parasympathetic nervous system, and boy, that is a hard word, (laughs) to kick online and to take over and allow the brakes to be pushed and allow you to slow down. But what's one thing that we can do now to prevent stress? That's something we can do in the moment to help us cope with stress. But what can we do to prevent it before it happens? Well, we know when we are chronically ill that we're already wired to be more triggered by stress because our nervous systems are on the fritz of it. So we have to be really proactive in helping our nervous system relax. So adding things like the exercise we just did, which is kind of a form of a mindfulness exercise, doing things like meditation. If meditation isn't your jam, um, try something like coloring. Research has shown that coloring, um, yes, using a coloring book, you know, letting your inner kiddo out, has been able to get the brain waves to the same state that meditation 
ovulation does. So if you're like sitting on a cushion isn't for me, but I'd love to get the benefits of meditation, pick yourself up a coloring book and start doing some coloring. There's some great adult coloring books out there now, but if you want to do My Little Ponies or Care Bears, it's totally up to you. You know, let your inner kiddo out and let them thrive. Other things you can do as well include things like going to counseling, uh, tai chi, yoga. These are all very helpful in rewiring our nervous system response to stress. And if you don't already have a self-care plan to hold you accountable in being proactive in reducing and managing stress, I invite you to download my new free self-care starter kit and planner um, by going to invisible-warrior.com backslash resources. And in the kit, there's a template in there that you can use to actually create a self-care schedule for yourself so that you can really define your own unique plan and goals around managing stress and anxiety. And speaking of anxiety and chronic illness, if you are interested in learning more in depth on how to manage anxiety and you want to understand anxiety more and how it relates to your chronic illness, then I invite you to come join me for my latest free online workshop, Three Brain Secrets to Managing Anxiety with Chronic Illness. And that's going to be happening this next Wednesday, November 18th at 5 p.m. Central. And in this workshop, I'm going to show you the link between chronic illness, post-traumatic stress disorder, and the stress response system. And there is some big links there. So if you are somebody out there who considers yourself to have PTSD or you felt you've almost been traumatized by chronic illness, tune in. I have some really interesting information to share with you guys on that and why we are more easily triggered by stress when we have a chronic illness. I'm also going to share with you the secrets of the brain stress response system so you can really cultivate greater awareness to both prevent and manage your anxiety, that proactive nature we were talking about. I'm also going to share the key mental exercises you can do to retrain the body's stress response and therefore decrease your body's pain response. And what invisible warrior out there doesn't want that, right? As a bonus, I'm going to show you how to actually create your routine proactively. And for anybody who registers, you are also going to get a free bonus gift that is a surprise to help you manage your chronic illness. It is an exercise that you can do to help manage your chronic illness. So tune in so that you can get access to that free gift. Now, if you can't make it live, a recording is going to be available. And if you sign up, even if you can't make it live, you're still going to get access to that free gift. So go ahead and register today. You can do that on the same webpage I mentioned earlier, invisible-warrior.com backslash resources. And there is a link on there to the page sign up for the workshop. So that's it for today's episode, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. And make sure to subscribe at invisible-warrior.com so you get all of the latest episodes directly to your inbox. Today's episode has been brought to you by my website, invisible-warrior.com, a coaching community and lifestyle brand for courageous human beings fighting to live a life they love in spite of illness. And with a special thanks to Frederico 7 Music, who produced our theme song. Thank you guys so much and tune in next time. 